It is not a full sermon this morning, but a short um, meditation on some of these verses from Isaiah 53. Here on Good Friday, we've come to think about the gospel. We've come to think about the accomplishment that Jesus made on that dark Friday so many years ago, almost exactly 2,000 years ago. And what I want to invite us to consider this morning is the way in which the death of Jesus on the cross displays two important truths for us. It displays for us both the immensity and even the horror of the sin that needed to be paid for on the cross. But it also even more clearly shows us the mercy and the grace of Jesus who willingly took that punishment onto himself and overcame the judgment for our sin instead of us. And it's so important that we look at the cross to understand both of these realities together. Otherwise, we'll get lopsided. Some people, and and I'm sure for each one of us at certain times in our life, we've been lopsided in one direction or another. There are times when all we can see is our sin. All we can see is our failures. And we know in those times very, very well that we are sinners and we feel the weight of our sin and it presses on us. Some Christians seem to have the idea that feeling a sort of low-grade guilt all of the time is actually a sign of godliness and that it's good for us to just sort of feel sort of guilty all the time. And on the other extreme end of this, of this continuum are those who feel such a crushing weight of their sin that they're convinced their sin is such a big deal that, that nothing could ever properly deal with it. There's no way that, that they could ever be saved. Salvation is for other people, but not them. And then on the other side of being lopsided, There are those who take it for granted, and again, at times, this has been all of us, no doubt, those who take it for granted that Jesus loves them. I mean, of course Jesus would love us. Aren't we great? These are the kinds of times when we've believed the posters that hung on our kindergarten class when we were kids that told us that we were special, and we've believed it, and the love of Jesus on the cross doesn't shock us, because deep down, it seems like we actually deserve that. And the cross of Jesus Christ corrects both of these imbalances. The cross shows us that our own wickedness is a way bigger deal than we think, that we deserve God's love far less than we think. And then the cross shows us that the grace and love of God towards us in Christ is even bigger than we can imagine However deep we have sunk in our sin, the grace of God in Christ is deeper still. We are worse than we think, and we are far more loved than we can imagine. That's the message of the cross. And we're going to consider how several verses in Isaiah 53 point us to embrace these twin truths. On the one hand, Isaiah 53 shows us the reality of our sorrows, our transgressions, our iniquities as we see what they did to Jesus. Jesus was smitten by God for them, afflicted, as verse 4 says. He was pierced, as verse 5 says. We know those words were, were carried out very literally in the form of nails and spear. 
He was crushed, as verse 5 says. We know Jesus' body was sorely damaged by the whipping and the abuse that he took, the torture. But these words also speak to the, the crushing of his soul as he bore the weight of God's judgment and displeasure against our sin. He was chastised, wounded, as verse 5 goes on to say, oppressed and afflicted, as verses 7 and 8 say, crushed and put to grief, verse 10. And all of this because, verse 6, we all, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. Our rebellion against the living God is nothing to take lightly. It's nothing to joke about. Our rebellion against God, us turning aside from God to do whatever we want, is such an awful business, such a massive crime, that the only way to deal with it was to have the most perfect and worthy person in the universe be destroyed in the most painful way imaginable. Remember that the next time that you are feeling pretty good about yourself. Remember that the next time you feel like you deserve better. A number of years ago, Carl Henry was being interviewed. In his day, though many of us have not heard the name, Carl Henry was was one of the most brightest and prominent theologians in the world. And he had had such a massive impact and was close to people like Billy Graham and John Stott. And as he was being interviewed, the person interviewing him said, Dr. Henry, you have been at the center of attention in evangelicalism for over half a century. How have you stayed humble? And the reply was simple. It's hard to be prideful when you're standing at the foot of the cross. See, he got this point that we're discussing here that the cross shows us our true nature apart from grace. And it's a terrifying picture. And it's there in the lyrics to that song that Tim and, and Myra sang for us earlier. You who think of sin but lightly, nor suppose the evil great, here may view its nature rightly. Here its guilt may estimate. Do you want to see how significant our wickedness is? Mark the sacrifice appointed. See who bears the awful load. He's the word, the Lord's anointed, son of man and son of God. The cross shows us what it took to save us and thus the cross shows us clearly who we were apart from being saved, before we were saved, who we would be today without salvation. But we know that's not the complete story. That's not all the cross shows us. Because in the exact same frame, Jesus did die to save us. And so the very same place where we see what we deserve, we see someone else taking what we deserve on himself. And so the cross while it gives us such a true picture of the nature of wickedness, it gives us an even deeper and an even stronger and an even greater picture of the boundless grace and love of Jesus Christ. Just think about what we've seen. Think about what our wickedness and and rebellion deserves. 
And just consider that Jesus willingly laid his life down to take that instead of us. And if you know Jesus, if you've repented of your sin and have trusted in him, then we can read these words in Isaiah 53 and we can apply them personally. Do you know the joy of being able to say that surely he has borne my griefs and carried my sorrows? He was pierced for my transgressions. He was crushed for my iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that has brought me peace. And with his wounds I am healed. Healed today from the sickness of sin and healed fully in the new creation of all of its effects. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of me. Can you say those words with faith this morning? Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make you to be accounted righteous. And he shall bear your iniquity. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the many And he shall divide the spoil with the strong because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of you and makes intercession for you. Jesus saw his people and he knew what his people deserved and he loved his people. And he stepped in to bear their judgment instead of them. Make it personal. If you know Jesus, he saw you. He knew what you deserved. And he loved you. And he took it for you. And he did it before you were even born. And he did it knowing perfectly everything that you would ever do. He knew every ugly thought you'd ever have every fistful of sand thrown on the playground, every smug look in a mirror, every angry thought about another one of his children, every private moment, every public blunder. He saw it all. And he said, let the stroke of justice fall on me instead of them. We will never, ever, ever be able to fathom or imagine a love greater than this, ever. For while we were still weak, Romans 5, 6 to 8, at at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person. Though perhaps for a good person, one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And from here, I would love to go on and talk about so many things. So all of the benefits, all of the changes, all of the blessings that come into our lives as we embrace and believe this truth, as we rest in the fact that what Jesus did was enough to vanquish our sin and to bring us to God. 
And yet, in truth, that's what we do every single time we gather as, as God's people. That's what every single Sunday is about. Our whole lives as Christians, our whole, uh, our whole life together as a church is all about learning how to live inside the benefits of, of the cross, of what Jesus did on the cross. But today it's Good Friday, and we simply want to focus on the fact that this happened. There was a real day. There was a real day, almost exactly 2,000 years ago, when a real man, in a real place, breathing real air, with the real heart pumping real blood through his real body, was stretched out and nailed to a piece of wood. And for the next several dark hours, that real man hung there, suffering intense physical pain, and the greatest emotional and social shame imaginable. But as Isaiah 53.10 reminds us, his soul made an offering for guilt. All of the physical suffering pointed to the suffering in his soul as the Father poured out the judgment for your sin upon him. And then this real man, before taking his last breath, said, it is finished. And he meant it. And it's true. And I invite you to believe that today. I invite you to believe it. If you've believed this for your whole life or if you're believing it for one of the first times, believe that apart from Jesus, you are worse than you know. And believe that in Jesus, you are more loved and more safe and more blessed for now and eternity than you can imagine. Remember. In a few moments here, we're going to celebrate communion and I'll say a few words when we get to the table, but that's what today is about. Remembering. And as we remember, tasting afresh the grace that was poured out for us on that cross and which still makes all the difference for us today and still makes all the difference for us for eternity. Let's pray. Father, this is good news and you know how important it is for us to not lose sight of the good news, for us to not forget what Christ did for us for us to not forget who we would be apart from him and yet who we are in him. Lord, may we never lose the wonder of having been died for. May we never lose the wonder that someone, and not just any someone, but the Son of God, really saw us and really gave up his life for us. May we never lose sight of this, God. And may this morning and this next part of our service as we eat and drink together, may this serve to refresh the joy in our souls at what Christ accomplished. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.